Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for downloading this week's episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Never an easy one when Wales lose, but particularly a performance like that. And to a Scotland side that, uh, well, we haven't lost to Scotland in Wales since 2002. So it was always going to be a bitter pill to swallow when it did happen. But anyway, myself and Dan caught up this week to uh, to have a chat about it and try and, uh, try and get a few answers. Although, unfortunately... There are more questions than there are answers at this stage. Uh, but luckily, we had lots of great questions from our listeners. So, uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who sent questions in. I think we got through all of them. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy that. It's always good to hand over the show to listeners, uh, particularly after a Wales game. So hopefully you will enjoy it. Uh, before we get underway, of course, uh, away from the international uh, or the, the current internationals, it was a sad news about uh, about JJ Williams dying, which is, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, really, really sad. And um, a player who, before my time growing up, but I watched so many videos of uh, of JJ playing in that wonderful side of the seventies. So had a you know a massive impact on me. I must have been uh, one of very few kids in in South London running around kicking a ball, pretending to be the likes of JJ Williams and uh, uh, Barry John and. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I know he would have had that impact on a hell of a lot of players, uh, a hell of a lot of, of young people in in Wales growing up, and and certainly those who enjoyed watching him at the time. So very sad news, and obviously, uh, uh, obviously, um, thoughts with uh, thoughts with the Williams family this week. But uh, yeah, very very sad indeed. Uh, right, so almost time to get on with the show. Uh, of course, a quick word as always for our sponsors. So Coffee Trades. Uh, if you want to get your hands on some great quality coffee, you can do that at socoffeetrades.co.uk. Thanks for downloading and hope you enjoy the podcast. And we will have an extra one for you this week, which will be a regional uh, regional focused. So this is solely international. And then later in the week, hopefully on Wednesday, we'll have a regional one for you too. So yeah, a little bonus for you there, even if Wales couldn't provide us with a bonus on the pitch. Right, on with the show. JJ Williams into the 25 it Williams kicks it on this could be a try Williams has scored that little chip through by Gareth Edwards really caught the Springbok defence by surprise Williams got his boot as he chipped ahead kicked it through the bounce went his way and JJ Williams has put the line how long is it since you've uh, since you've had an alcoholic drink it is. It's over. It's over. Uh, over twelve months. What's it going to be? Do, 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 Fourteen months. How close were you to drinking during yesterday's game? I've broken it. No, no. I've, <laughs> <laughs> I had four bottles of scotch. Um, <laughs> do, yeah, I, I was not tempted actually, Jed. Yeah, Maybe because there was nothing to get excited about. How poor was that as a performance? It was it was ten out of ten for being poor, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. 
And the game as a whole was extremely tough to watch. And I was so disappointed because I was really excited about, about this international, you know, final Six Nations game for us. And it just, it just didn't deliver uh, on any front. No, it any didn't, did it? It was just, because the thing is, it wasn't even like we defended really poorly, but, and we lost, but scored three tries in the process or created lots. It was, it was a terrible game of rugby for the neutral. And if you're Welsh, it's the, the absolute worst of both worlds because you've ended up losing the game as well. Yeah, it's rare, isn't it, that there was there was no I can't actually think of a passage of play, a piece of skill, uh, almost I can't think of anything that really got me off, you know, off the edge of my seat or me sort of cheering or saying I, I did, there was just nothing there that 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 lifted me. Did you did you see anything at all? I remember vaguely getting excited when Liam Williams took that high ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, that was just a, like a little glimpse of going, oh God, I I remember these players are good, aren't they? <laughs> I, re- I remember when these players were, were great. It just, yeah. uh, it, it was just one of those little things that spiked a little, um, a little bit of memory of, <sighs> of the performances we've seen in the past because it just felt, it wasn't even just like it was flat. It was really, really, truly awful. That was, you know, it's one of the worst performances that that we've seen from Wales for a very long time. Yeah, what was, what? Where do you think that stands in terms of in terms of performances? I mean, you've got a good memory, haven't you? So you'll I be, have got a good. You're memory. You're going to be going back, yeah. But, but you've got to have a good memory to to grow up in the '90s watching Wales and uh, and think about what the worst defeats are. Uh, I'm too young to remember losing to Romania, so um, so it can't be that one. I think the worst defeat I've seen for Wales. Do you know what the the worst one under Gatland Samoa was bad. Samoa on a Friday night. Do you remember that one? That was really yes. awful. And this, I would say, was on a par with that one, that game that lasted like four hours, where we lost to France with all the scrummaging at the end when Howley was in charge. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd say this was a, was on a on a par with that. <laughs> I was intrigued to see what you'd say on that because I knew you'd go into the archives and pull out <laughs> and 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 pull out something. I um, the, archi- the-, the, the archives of pain, which is a uh, a little manic street preachers reference there, which uh, will lead us nicely onto our first question, actually, Dan. Oh, okay. Of course, you uh, you may remember good friend of the show, former uh, former PR manager for the Manic Street Preachers, Yestin George. Uh, he was quick off the mark to get a question into us today, as you can as you can probably imagine. Uh, he's been, you know, the last few times he's been on the show, he's been his uh, absolute most cheery. But uh, I, I think it's safe to say that that performance yesterday pulled uh, pulled out some of the the melancholic tendencies that we've come to know and love from Yestin. And his question is, can you ever see a situation where the WRU acts fast to stop the decline? Plus, if we were to enter the world of fantasy rugby, how much would it cost to lure Pat Lamb away from Bristol? <laughs> let's, uh, let's take that first part of that. Can you see a situation where the WRU acts fast to stop the decline? I think it's safe to say he's getting at, uh, at moving Wayne Pivak on there. Well, the break clause is got a break clause, isn't he, at the two-year point? Um, in his four-year contract, I can't see, I can't see anything happening before that point because of the, you know, financially we're in a, we're in probably the worst, the worst possible place, aren't we? So I can't see him being moved on. Really, can you? No, that won't happen. I, I and let you know, it would take like a losses of sixty points against Ireland and sixty against England, I think, in order for that to happen. Not unthinkable at the moment, but I think it would take something like that. And even then, I think you'd be relying on Pivak to resign rather than him get moved on. Because you, you're right, you can't afford to pay off a year of his contract right now, can you? I don't know what I don't know how much he's on a year, but it's gonna be no, a kind of money that, you know, yeah. you just have all that money knocking around. So however it's not, you know, I mean, this whole break clause thing right now, obviously we're, we're staring down a bit of a, down the barrel of the gun at the moment. And 
you kind of look at that break clause and think, well, it has given a degree of insurance because if he was on a four-year contract. But what I would say to that is only two weeks ago we were saying you've got to judge him at the end of the autumn period. You can't judge him now. Are we in danger of getting away from ourselves and going, right, actually, it is a bad few, it has been a bad few performances, but could they all turn around against Ireland in two weeks? Could it turn around against England? What's your assessment of that? Are we judging it too quickly? I don't think we're judging him too quickly. I think we're, you know, we're going to be judgmental, aren't we? But is it too, is it too early, I suppose, to, to call for his head? I would say yes. At the moment, the signs don't look good, do they? And that, and the, the big part of, of, of that for me is that I'm still perplexed at what we're trying to do. Mm. I, can't, I can't see um, a style that we're, that we're trying to adopt or have adopted. It, it's, it, it's a mixture of, of many different things, which then is you know, culminating in a, in, a, in a mess, really. And I think the players look frustrated. You can see it on their faces. Um, so I think we, we do need to give him, give them time, but as we touched upon briefly last week, it's, you know, we, you've got to build, haven't you? And I, this was never going to be an easy task because the players and, and everyone around that team have been, have been coached by someone for 12 years. So almost there needs to be a mental reset really, um, which is a, diff- a really, really difficult thing to, to do, isn't it? It's a difficult, difficult place to come in at. But I think if, you, if, if we, the players need to know exactly what they're, the, and the systems in which they're playing. And if we still get losses, but we're working towards something, then you back the systems and mm-hmm. eventually it will come off, won't it? And you've touched upon you know, how long it took Wayne Pivak at the Scarlets to get things turned around there. You know, it, it can take time, can't it? But I think there were there were signs there at the Scarlets relatively early on. I think of of the way in which he wanted to play the, the, the you know the pivac way, but but here at the moment there isn't. It's really interesting you say that because yeah, obviously you, you mentioned it last week, and uh, and we've had it on a, a fair few times in the past few shows. And I noted that Ken Owens before the game said that uh, that obviously we're trying to play with a bit more width on it. And it's interesting because that's kind of the first, you know, the, the first time you've heard it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. You've heard it from players. And again, yesterday didn't really show much evidence of that whatsoever. It just felt like a like a mishmash of, of systems, as you've said. But ultimately, I kind of think, you know, it, it doesn't matter what style of rugby you're trying to play if you get stuffed that much at the breakdown. That's the thing. I just, every time we took the ball into contact, it was either incredibly slow or we got turned over. And it's the same as it was, just could not win the collisions. Yeah, we couldn't. Yeah, there's nothing, you you can't play, you can't play wide, you can't play narrow, you can't do anything, can you, if you don't win the, if you don't win the breakdown or at least you're, you know, you're sort of level on that, on uh, the breakdown. But we got completely annihilated and again, on the collisions, I think they they were you know they were on top as well, and you know slightly better than us as well in the set piece. So all the you know there was a, there's a lot of factors that that made it almost impossible for us to to gain any sort of momentum. We couldn't build any phase play. We couldn't build anything, could we? I can't remember a time when we when we went forward really with the, with, with the ball, the ball in hand in the backs, it must've been one of the most frustrating games ever to be involved in as, uh, as a back. And that frustration seemed evident as well in the forwards. It, it, it just, it, it just was exceptionally poor, wasn't it? The thing that worries me is we looked at selection last week and when the game finished yesterday, I thought, you know, we can talk about selection on, the, on this week's show. But to me, it doesn't, it doesn't make a blind bit of difference because he brought in players who you thought would have made a, a positive impact at that area of the game. Rollins adds a lot of bulk. Shane Lewis-Hughes, we thought, well, you know, that's going to add stuff. And, and I don't, I'm not singling them out as in they didn't do it. I just mean as a unit, adding that level of physicality in there didn't really do a thing, did it? It just every time we were taking the ball up in, in pods of two, and we either got turned over or or we ended up sending loads of people in to to try and free the ball because it was so slow. Yeah, that's right. It looked as if 
you know, we'd addressed maybe where we thought uh, we went wrong last week and it didn't, it didn't work again. So I think the, the main, the main points here are, are balance. Mm. We're not getting the balance right in the front row. We're not getting the balance right in the, well, possibly in the second row. Um, and we're certainly not getting the balance right in the back row. And then without that, the backs could be the best backs in the world. But unless we've got front, you know, the front row and the pack looking and working as a cohesive unit, we can't do anything. You, you cannot do anything at all. And at the moment, it's not working. It's not gelling. So they're all they're all very very good players, but as a as a unit, cohesive unit, we're not there. It's it's uh, and and that's where I think the change the change is going to have to be made. Um, front row and you know front row and back row. All right. Well, we will talk about selection uh, at the end of the show because if nothing else, it's uh, it is a bit of uh, it's always a, well, a bit of fun. Uh, it does uh, it does give us a chance to play selector, so we will do that. But let's crack on with some more of the some more of the questions now that have come in from listeners. This one's from Jonathan Davis, who's uh, uh, as he says been been hogging the questions over the last few weeks. But there's some interesting ones for you to get stuck into here, Dan. Firstly, is James Davis physical enough to play international rugby at flanker? So I thought James Davis was a little hard done by yesterday. I thought uh, Mr. Mr. Braces, if I can call him that, um, had a, uh, a pretty indifferent game. He sort of refed, refed, I thought he refed Scotland with one hat on and, and Wales with another. Yeah, I, there was a couple of calls. I, I did think that. Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to blame the ref because it was a poor game, and you know we they were the better side. But I, I some of the decisions I couldn't get my head round again. Um, similarly to the to the French game, I thought James Davis had three definite turnovers, maybe four. And you know, if we if we had those turnovers, then his you know does his performance, uh, you know, become you know are people off his back a little bit, possibly because he tends to change the games when he wins those turnovers. But I thought he didn't have his finest game, did he? He did get a little bullied at times. Um, but I, I'm I'm going to say, yeah, he, he can still, you know, he's good enough to play international rugby. And I do think is uh, it, it, it's a, it's a unit thing that, that isn't working at the moment. And I think physically across the, across the park, pretty much bar, you know Shane Lewis Hughes and 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 Alan Wynn, we um we weren't there in the pack. Mm. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's um, no. I I I think he's getting singled out a bit. I didn't think he had a particularly good game. I'm not I'm not overly convinced he's an international uh, an international open side. You know I, I don't think he's. I think if everyone's fit, I, I can't see James Davis being there. However, no, I do think he, but he wouldn't be, would he? He's being singled out for for things here that aren't really necessarily his fault. Uh, it's, it's it's a lot more than oh, you know, if Tipperick had played, we'd have we'd have won the game. I don't think it was as straightforward as that because do you know what? Some absolute world class players, not just international class players, world class players looked bang average yesterday. Toby looked, you know, I know that you know it's the little kick, but even even the kick that set up the try was worrying to me. I don't think I've ever seen Toby kick the ball because he doesn't need to. You know, it's it was something especially very, when we were in that, that. Especially when that that sort of typified the the how we the feeling around us, didn't it? That we we were kicking everything away. You know, at that point there, that was the time that we, we we should have probably kept hold of the ball because there was potentially something on, wasn't there? Mm. But but Falatau, yeah, Falatau kicked it. So if, if Falatau is kicking the ball away. We know that something isn't quite right. Yeah, and a lot of the body language looked really, really odd to me. There was a lot of players who really looked like they were struggling with their body language, and and they're the kind of things, you know, you know. Sometimes, like you know, I take stats with a pinch of salt, like you said, but I'm sure the stats don't make for pretty reading. Just they particularly lineouts lost and penalties conceded. But the, there are other things that you can't quite tell just by looking at stats. When you've got players like Liam Williams and Lee Halfpenny struggling to pass the ball to one another, then you know something's wrong because those players are world-class players and they just looked like they'd never played together. And they're players who, 
played together, or admittedly they've not played together much at, at the Scarlets, if they have indeed been on the pitch at the same time. But they've played together, together for Wales numerous times. So it, it's, it was all just very, very worrying that makes you think this is not just we've had a bad day at the office or a few personnel changes will make this. It makes you think that fundamental things are wrong here. Yeah, we didn't. it didn't look like a happy camp, did it? No, it didn't. I picked up on that body language as well. There was... We looked, um, we didn't have any tonic, any energy in the way in which we held ourselves. So not taking out, yeah, taking out the performance itself, the way in which the boys were carrying themselves. We, we didn't look, we didn't look up for it. We didn't look sort of particularly in a particularly great place mentally then. And you looked at the Scottish boys and they looked relaxed. They looked really sort of really comfortable, really easy going. And they looked as if they were going to win. You know, when 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 the camera flicked around at the beginning, they they looked they looked like a side that was just going to go out and and win, really. Um, and I don't I don't I don't know why I really feel that, but I it just yeah, it was. We don't I don't know. We we look a little sad. Yeah, it it just looked. It, you know, there wasn't really that. You know that that niggle, that intensity, that fire. It just looked, there was almost a feeling of inevitability around that. And again, these are just things you pick up on. And, you know, if we'd have won it with a couple of late penalties, then maybe things have been different. But it all just seemed very, it seemed inevitable that we were going to lose that game. And the players looked so low on confidence, which is really bad considering that we're only, you know, we're only two games into a long autumn campaign. But that, that brings us on to this next one, Dan. This one's from Robert Giannotti. What's more important for Wales ahead of the autumn series, performances or results? He suggests performances, given that the seedings for the Rugby World Cup are now set. And it's all about building for Six Nations. What do you think? I'd agree with him totally. I think performance at the moment. If we had if we'd pinched that game yesterday with a couple of a couple of late kicks, I I don't think I still think we'd be we'd we'd have huge concerns. Mm. So I think it's gotta be performance. We need to see what we're working towards. We need to see us building. Uh, you know, building some, building a style, building a way forward. And for me, that's going to be critically important. And almost, you could say that we've, we're in quite a privileged position because the seedings are, are already sorted, that we can actually, we can actually do that. And the pre- the pressure is obviously massively on, but we've got to see the, we've got to see performance, haven't we? And I do think a big part of the more and more I've been thinking about today, I big I do think a big part of it is gonna be is gonna be mental because we've we've lost uh, we've lost all we've known for, for for so long. We've been so successful, so battle hardened, so mentally strong. And it's something that isn't being talked about at the moment, is it? Is that meant I think we're mentally weak at the moment because we've lost, you know, I lost our top our, our, our guys at the helm. And it's it's showing in the in the players. Yeah, I think it is. And we always knew this was going to be a, it was going to be a difficult act to follow Gatland. And we said that you know the kind of the worst case scenario is it's like uh, following Alex Ferguson at Man United, and we all know what a disaster that was for David Moyes. And it, you know it's kind of felt like that at times because it's not like you had a a proven international class coach to come in and to come in and do the job. You know, if you had a, I don't know, you know, Steve Hansen had come in and taken the job again. I think you'd feel, you'd feel a lot more confident because you've got a player, you know, a coach who's gone out and won a huge amount of stuff. Now, Wayne Pivot, I thought, you know, did an excellent job at the Scarlets and and particularly that winning the title and getting to the European Cup semis. But it's not, you know, it's not like you were hiring Gatland who had, even before all the stuff he'd done with Wales and the Lions, had won Heineken Cups and uh, and Guinness Premierships. You know, that, they're, they're, big, they're big things to win. He'd won them by the hatful. And uh, so you felt that walking into the dressing room, he commanded the respect of the players. Now, does Wayne Pivak have that? I'm not sure at the moment. And, and I'm not, you know, I'm, like I say, I'm not writing him off right now, but you have to base the you have to base it on the evidence we've seen so far and it's not particularly encouraging. Yeah, you think we didn't, we didn't answer yesterday's question about Pat Lamb, did we? But, you know, if Pat Lamb walked into the change room, you'd imagine there would be, 
there'd be instant there'd be instant respect with that and there'd be something different coming from him because he does things in a different way. But I think we almost need to have a like a mental reset really. They need to mm. send in the send in the uh, the psychologist really and because it's the same set of it's pretty much the same set of players, isn't it? And they've and they've got a new, you know, a new manager coming in then if you if 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 we can call him that. So all the coaching setups different, but the players are more or less the same. And yeah. that that's going to be extremely difficult for the players because they're going to be harping back to what they what they've always known because they've had you know they they've had so long under you know under Gatland and so much success and Edwards and all these super super strong characters that just kept things very very simple you know even simple on the chat level didn't they mm. it wasn't it was no nonsense but everyone knew where they where they were at all times pretty much and it's almost like they're almost sort of bereaved of 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 of, of that aren't they it's gone and it just struck me today that it, they looked like a we looked like a a team of sad individuals that had lost had lost had lost something and and that is what's happened isn't it yeah it, I, I know what you mean about sad and it goes back to the body language thing it just looked like uh there were the players looked lost now again we said this these are these are not average an average set of players yeah there's a few new yeah there's a few new faces in there but these are proven international and world-class players in there. And that's the thing that, that is a, that is a worry is that if that's the best tune you can get out of them, then there's a hell of a lot of work to be done and not a huge amount of time to, uh, to do it. And the thing you worry about is that when you start having bad performance after bad performance, that's when, you know, that's when you, you worry about a coach losing the dressing room. If he'd have come in and won his first, you know, even I'm not saying come in and win a grand slam as, as Gatland did, but if Pivak had come in and you know we'd uh, we'd beaten Ireland away in Dublin or we'd beaten uh, we'd beaten England at Twickenham, you feel like that would start to, to to have a bit of confidence. I I and this is based on nothing other than the performances. I don't feel like they're they're hugely confident in that coaching setup. I really don't. It certainly certainly appears that way, doesn't it? Yeah. If we were if we were scoring tries out wide, you know, seeing you know Falatau in the wide channels where they want to, they want him to be playing, but but still losing. We would still be disappointed, and we'd be whinging away on the podcast, and you know, trying to make a few changes. But equally, we—I'm sure—we'd be balanced enough to say that was exciting. If we can tighten up in this area, we'll get the—we'll get we'll, the wins are going to come. At the moment, that can't be—we can't talk like that. It's—it's—it's it's, it's so far off, isn't it? There's no yeah. there's no performance. That's no, the worry. There's not exactly that. Exactly That's that. That's the worry. And the players aren't bad. You're right. They're not. They're not bad players. They're all great players. So, you know, I've read a few things about you know making you know making huge changes, maybe starting again. That's not the answer for me. You know, these guys are not. They, they're still top top players, and uh, yeah, it's it. We need to look at look at uh, look at other things really. Right. Well, we got still got loads more to get through. Dan, we're going to take one more before we take a quick break. This one is from John Lewis. And it says, how often do we score from a driving line out? Why can't Humphreys coach us to do this? If we had this weapon in our armory, surely that would be of significant benefit to us. Uh, why can't we coach from a driving line out? It's hard to judge on, uh, on yesterday's because we couldn't, we couldn't even secure our own line out, could we? But um, yeah, do you feel like this is, a, this is a real area of concern for us at the moment? Yeah, it is an area, for, an area of concern, isn't it? I mean, I think our line outs... A lot of it's been pretty indifferent, isn't it, over the years? And even it has been poor under 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 Gatland at times. To be fair, wasn't it? Um, I remember us talking about maybe bringing in a, you know, could we bring in a line out, an out and out line out consultant then just to just to really sort it out? But I never did get that call. No, yeah, you didn't get that, did you? Um, but yeah, it'd be a great thing, wouldn't it? Gosh, if we could, if we if we had a a driving line out it would be extremely handy handy at the moment i think if we had a line out it'd be good but yeah you know humphreys is he's very well regarded isn't he and i guess you know this might heat the pressure a little bit then on pivot that humphreys has done wonderful things or well he's been very, he's highly regarded isn't he hmm. um coach stephen jones is very very highly regarded as well so there's some good coaches in there 
But could you not say that Pivac was, you know, he's highly regarded enough to get the job, uh, certainly highly regarded amongst Scarlet fans, and, you know, had had won stuff. Like I say, you know, I've, I've kind of put my thoughts across that, you know, I think in an ideal world, you'd have gone for another, you'd have gone for another Galactico coach, you know, an, an out-and-out superstar coach. Because I think at international rugby, you do need that. But, you know, is it is it kind of unfair to blame it all on Pivac and exonerate the Stephen Joneses and the and the John Humphreys from it? Yeah, well, yes, because we don't, we just don't know, do we? So it's yeah. all, it's it's, spe- it's speculation, isn't it? But there, you know, if we if we looked at it as an organisation, then it's the it's the it's the guy at the very helm, the top guy, isn't it? That that gets the you know that um, that Carries takes the, can, the praise yeah. when things yeah takes the praise when things are going are going very very well but yeah carries the can if you know if 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 it's not and you know he is the he is the top man there isn't he I think um, that's the thing that really that is a real concern because you know obviously Rob Howley came in for a lot of flack when he was attack coach for Wales and you know there were times when we we kind of criticised him based on what we were seeing from Wales's backs but. That was during a period that you never really felt that the problem was the was the head coach. You know, you just simply didn't feel that, and that's the thing that worries me. Is it's really hard to pinpoint, but there are so many things wrong that it's not just a question of looking at it and thinking, well, you know what, the backs have been great, but the the forwards aren't firing, or uh, or we, it'd be great if we had a bit more imagination in the backs. It's just from absolutely everything at the moment is is poor. I can't see one facet of the game that we're doing well. The the kicking game was poor yesterday. The set piece was awful. We've already stressed how bad we were at the breakdown, and we can't win collisions. And the back showed very little imagination and couldn't really show that couldn't really pass the ball to one another. So that's the thing that's really concerning for me is because every aspect is going wrong. That's where you tend to lead yourself to to looking at the head coach rather than than just one particular aspect. Yeah, it is, and the body language as well. That that yeah. that tends to then fall, doesn't it, onto the onto um whoever's at the top as well so you know those things you know those things have to be have to be looked at and they have to work out why you know why we're in why we're in this place and uh, and you know look to you know look to address them maybe maybe there are things going on that we that we that we don't know but there certainly seems to be something not right there at the moment i would say yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, there's plenty more people who want to uh, who want to get their questions across as well. So we're going to be having a look at those in the second half. And as we say, we will have a look at the uh, the, the squads face Ireland, uh, which uh, will be in, uh, in a fortnight's time. And we're going to do all of that after this quick break. Right, Dan, we're going to continue with the uh, the post-mortem from the, uh, the oh, I call it a game, it was barely even a game, was it? The uh, the debacle at, uh, at Parker Scarlet's. And uh, I'm going to take this one next up from Gary Mason. Tackle area at Gundogan, scrum buckling, line out very nervous, although granted wind was an issue. And then uh, a few questions. Who the hell comes in against Ireland, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. Are the old guard at their end? Should Pivak bite the bullet and start from scratch? You uh, you touched on a few of these in the first half, but you don't think it's about starting from scratch, do you? No, I don't. I don't think it's about starting from scratch. I think it's performance. We need to get more of a performance out of those players. Can those players all play better? Yes, they can. And we need to look at why they're not playing uh, anywhere near as well as they as well as they can do. And that, for me, that's the that's got to be fundamental. That's got to be first thing that's that's on that whiteboard as to, as to why we can't get a performance going at the moment. Why can't we? From, well, again, we're, we're you know we're speculating, aren't we? And I, I there seems to be something that's not quite right there. So potentially that's. Uh, that's going to lead us to Pivac, isn't it? Um, but I, I think that we have to, we have to work on the guys 
and and properly properly reset and look at where you know how we want to play and implement things and changes very very slowly it just looks like we've maybe tried to change things all over the park that has led to led to confusion we've made i don't think it's been helped by the situation that we're you know by covid then also by uh, injury so if we look at you know, the balance isn't quite right is it but equally it's not you know that's not entirely uh the coach's fault because we've had we've had quite a lot of injuries in the back row haven't we i mean the back row that started again has never played together so there has been things that that, that, have, that have gone against us but i think we've got to go back to go back to basics win the you know start being very very physical start being more aggressive we i think we're not we're not nasty enough surely you, don't need, to, surely you don't need to be coached to be told to be aggressive enough you know surely players like like Will Rowlands and, and Alan Wynne Jones, who are, we're used to seeing as real enforcers on the pitch, surely you don't need to coach them into being aggressive. I mean, that's that's in their nature, isn't it? We, we've heard, you know, we, we've spoken so many times to people who've trained with Alan Wynne Jones and go, we don't even like training with him because every time he takes on the pitch, he wants to take your head off. You know, that's that's yeah. But he yeah. he brings that, doesn't he? He he, he still you know, he still put in he still put in a performance, didn't he? Where he was very physical, but it it. it it's it's others it's others around him that we we need to be we need to be dominant in ev- in every single area but i think if the if the balance isn't right then you can't quite get that dominance so the balance at the moment isn't isn't quite isn't quite working i think we're missing a couple of leaders so in the front row i don't think we've got a front row lead well we haven't got a front row leader at the moment mm-hmm. at all at all and a massive part of uh, of rugby, I think is having that that you know Ken Owens is 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 a monumental loss, isn't he? Bigger than probably any of us. We knew it was going to be a loss, but I think we're really feeling that at the moment. And it's just that 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 core guy in the middle there is he's so he's so vocal, leads hits. I think we need to, uh, we need to look at the look at the collision area, and Wayne Pivot maybe goes back to players that he wouldn't ordinarily sort of pick maybe but just strip it right back so yeah I know it's it does sound a bit odd doesn't it so we need to up the ingression you know say to the players be more aggressive not in not in that way I mean just in in some of the in some of the selections and go back to a little bit more of of, of the basics and then start fine-tuning from there selection is something I'd like to build on here Dan and I think that these are the things that lead you back to Pivac now at the start of this, at the start of this, you know, when he named his autumn squad, Shane Lewis Hughes wasn't in that squad at all. Now I know there've been there've been injuries. You know, Moriarty's picked up an arc, Navidi's not fit. But how you can go from not being in the squad to being your starting six? Now again, I I'm quite happy with him as starting six. I'm a massive fan of his, but I find it odd that a player who wasn't in your squad two and a half weeks ago is now your starting six. I also find it really odd that same uh, with James Davis. Same with yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, really? it is. I, I suppose that with Navidi injured and then Tipperick getting injured, that is that is something that's that's kind of slightly different because you know you do need a, a specialist seven, and I suppose he's the only he's the only one who's fit at the moment with with Tipperick picking up tonsillitis. I think that one's slightly different. But then again, the the scrum half situation. Again, Dan, you yeah. might know a bit more of this than me. That who who were the scrum halves who were fit? Were um was was Hardy in contention at all? Yeah, I believe he was. I believe he was fit, but he was told. So how can Hardy go from being the third choice to Lloyd Williams coming in and sitting on the bench? Again, I believe he. Yeah, that. Yeah, I believe he. Um, Hardy was told that he wouldn't be involved in in the first in the first two games, and they stuck to that. So if there was an okay. injury, Lloyd had already up. been tipped off that he was he was going to be coming up, but. Sounds strange, isn't it? It does sound strange, and it and it is really strange. I don't I don't get that. You know, you've picked a big enough squad that surely from within there you can pick players who are going to be, uh, you know, who are going to be. You, if you've had the the conviction to pick them in the first place, surely you've got the conviction to put them on the on the pitch. You can't just have them there for for carrying tackle bags. Which yeah, you wonder how that would sit with Hardy, don't you? He's in, he's he's been selected, but yeah. then there's an injury. Uh, but he's been told he's not 
he's not now involved until and, and until they're the things you've got to get they're the things you've got to get right and again i don't know i, I you know i don't know if there is if there's some if there, if there is an injury with, with hardy if that's something i've missed then apologies for that but yeah to no, me that, that seems very odd it was all pre-planned apparently right. it was it was all arranged beforehand so lloyd lloyd knew and well then why I, not have I, I scrum hardy halves in the squad why not have four scrum halves in the squad to start with have four scrum halves in there release release lloyd to play for cardiff if if that's what you wanted to do but all of this is very very is very wishy-washy for my liking and again i don't think you'd have i don't think you'd have seen it from gatland and again, look, it's, it's difficult to go back yeah. and compare, but I'm just th- I'm just saying that I, I don't think you I don't think you see that from a from a top class head coach who is confident in in his position. I just think these are all a bit a bit knee jerk. You know, God, what can we do to try and freshen things up? Uh, uh, what about Shane Lewis Hughes? Maybe I should have picked him in the first place. It just all feels a little bit panicked to me. Does it make you think that there's you know that sort of that could be going on elsewhere than across the camp? In, in in other you know not not ex- not similar in in other situations then but confusion and cracks start to well start possibly to and again you know look we're we're speculating here and and that's the yeah, thing it's, it's difficult and naturally you do because you get frustrated when you see Wales play that badly but it, certainly the the signs aren't good and and it's all of the it's a combination of all these things not just the performance but like we said. The, the the selection policy has been very odd. Not just oh, he should be picking, you know, he should be picking two fetchers, or he should be picking more balances six, seven, eight. The fact that you've got players coming in from outside the squad straight into the starting lineup, and and this strange situation at at, um, at scrum half, and you've got Dan Bigger playing a whole game against France, or virtually a whole game, seventy two minutes, when he's clearly not fit and has gone off with a knock again. And on uh, on Saturday, all of these things are just are just really really odd, and they're the things you have to get right at international level. So, a combination of all of that plus the body language, all of these things just make you think that's not that's not a happy camp, and it doesn't feel like there's a a huge amount of leadership coming from Pivak. And these are the things he's going to have to address. He's going to have to start leading that team and saying, right, we're going into battle, and you've got, and you've got to uh, and you've got to follow me. But at the moment, it doesn't feel like they are. I'd agree with you. Yeah, that's um, it. Certainly doesn't. All right, let's take this one. This one's from Rugby 24-7. Are Wales facing a Gareth Jenkins situation? Is history repeating itself? Well, it, it, it does look that way at the moment, doesn't it? I, I you know, I, I've said it earlier, I do want to give him a bit more, you know, we need to give him, we need to give him some more time, don't we? But if the, if the performances don't start to change and build and we can see where we're going, then, the the pressure's only gonna only gonna continue and ramp and ramp up, isn't it? It really yeah. is. It, it it's you know, you don't you don't get many chances to you at uh, an international. And uh you know there's a there's a there's a couple of lives already gone, I think, at the moment. Yeah, it do you know what actually talking about it, you know, the, the Gareth Jenkins kind of comparison, it does remind me of that actually. I and do you know what when you go back to the start of the show and you said yeah, how bad a defeat was that? It reminds me of those defeats against Scotland in 07, against uh, against Italy in 07, where you just felt like we were getting completely done and the opposition had had, uh, had done their homework on us and we couldn't, um, we just couldn't match them. And, you know, with the greatest of respect to, to, to Scotland and Italy of that era and of now, they're sides that you feel you should be beating, you know? Yeah, because they, they haven't played, because they didn't play that well, did they? It's not I, like I, no, I didn't think that was a particularly impressive Scotland it, performance. And as you know, I'm you know I think they've got some fabulous players, but uh, and 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 they're generally moving in the right direction. But still, you know, I, I didn't think that was their best performance. And and they they managed to get that win, and they looked pretty, you know, they. they it was almost really like they were toying. It was almost like they were toying with us, like like a sort of like a cat sort of playing with a you know playing with a mouse, just waiting to you know waiting to kill it. it 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 was a bit it was just embarrassing wasn't it uh, like Scot- scotland have got some great players yeah and, and they you know they're a far improved side aren't they and, you know tandy coming in has, has done wonders on the defense mm. we've seen that from the you know the lack of the lack of tries they've they, they they've conceded and points they've conceded uh, you know during this six nations um but they didn't play well, but they didn't need to, did they? That's the that's the most disappointing thing. And again, against France, I didn't think France played well, but 
they played they, they you know a couple of their stars had a had a couple of great tries but we were we were poor and they didn't they didn't need to play particularly well again it was just they would and that's the most disappointing thing if if we're fairly if we're well and truly beaten i think me and you are balanced enough and and the, and the Welsh public as well to go do you know what we 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 played well they 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 were just far better but it's not that is it I I don't know. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. And again, I'd like to think we're balanced enough to say that you know when when we've been and we and we weren't the best side yesterday. But I think I feel no, like we I feel like Scotland won that by playing six and a half out of out of ten. You know, it wasn't like a a world. Scotland have played a lot better than that against us and and lost. And it, yeah, that's that's the thing that um that, that's really disappointing is it's just that Wales were so so poor. Yes, conditions are difficult, but. I, I just think it's uh, yeah. I just think that it was it was about the fact that the all round performance was so so bad that Scotland didn't even need to play well and beat us. And Scotland have not won in Wales since two thousand and two. You know that is a long old time, Dan. When you play when you play them at home every two years, that's a yeah, long, so he, long time. yeah, it's a long time, isn't it? Eighteen years. My maths is poor, but that's yeah, it's a long, <laughs> it's a long long time. And also, they had. Yeah, you know, they were decimated by injuries, weren't they, in the back line in the in the in the final the final nine or ten minutes. And I know they've got players that can play in different positions, but still we we still didn't put 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 any pressure on, did we? Or build or do anything. Uh we couldn't capitalise on that at all. No, you're absolutely right. We couldn't and um yeah, that's just what makes it just yeah, beyond frustrating. It's uh it's the stuff that, that makes you get angry, doesn't it? But um there we go. Right, we've got uh, we have got another one to finish on before we take a look at, at changes we might make, Dan. And uh, this one is from Lost in Yorkshire. So, what's going on with Wales? Is it that players are not taking on board Wayne Pivak's philosophy and reverting to type? Is it two that Pivak is not fully installing his own, his own philosophy and picking players that fit, e.g., uh, e.g., bigger as a as a ten, or is it three players lack confidence in him? It seems to be at the moment that it's uh, it's a bit of bit of all three, isn't it? At the moment, mm-hmm. there certainly appears to be a, a lack of confidence, I suppose, in their as we touched upon their body language, the way in which they're playing. They don't quite know players are, you know, making very basic errors, then uncharacteristic errors, um, that that is unusual. Um, I don't think that I think that some of uh, bigger, for instance. At ten, I think bigger can play in a in a and, and can fit into the way in which we believe Pivak wants to play. Then, yeah, I think it's a little bit of a myth. You know, obviously not so, a, not a Barry John of a running ten, but he's he is able to play in different uh, in different ways. You know, we've seen some nice glimpses for Northampton, particularly before lockdown. Uh, you know, he's playing some nice stuff at the at the start of the year and or the start of the season rather. And you know, we saw a few glimpses against Italy, and I think it is a bit of a myth that he is just a kicking ten. I think there is a bit more to him than that. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that if you picked Reese Patchell to start at ten, much as I'm a big fan of his, I don't think all of our problems go away because again, you could have Dan Carter playing at ten, but if you're getting stuffed that much at the set piece and at the breakdown, he's going to have bugger all to do with the ball. Yeah, exactly. The ball, the ball he's been given is has, has been such poor quality and. You know, if Patchell was to if if Patchell was to start ten, I, I, you know, quite a lot of he, he is weak. He is quite weak in the tackle. Uh, there was a couple of there was a couple of uh, couple of players went over him again yesterday, mm-hmm. didn't they? And uh, so, no, I think Pivac. Um, sorry, I think Pap, um, Dan Bigger can. You know, is, it will be fine. It's yeah, just I mean, just. The very fact that we're answering these sorts of questions, aren't we? About has Pivac, you know, lost the change? It, it, it takes us on to this, doesn't it? Because of the way the, the the performance levels just aren't there. So I think it's probably a combination of all three on those. Mm. Part of it is is that we are going to feel uh, and uh, we, we, the pressure's on. And I think when the pressure is on, yeah, you do tend to to revert to a game plan that that you've known and that's worked for you know for many many years but i'm intrigued to know whether or not we are trying to play a little bit more 
direct and and sort of back towards what what Warren you know the side that Warren made us into but yet we still didn't perform in that way because we did pick you know we we picked a few sort of powerhouses didn't we to come in and maybe look to to win collisions and try and compete more at the at, at the breakdown but obviously the balance didn't work on the on the weekend but I don't, the rest I don't of... think it's just balance that's the thing I just think that it, it all looks so well like I keep coming back to those 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 two-man pods going in just looked completely wrong and I, I don't think I don't think it's personnel I, you know that second row I think should be good enough to beat Scotland that back row admittedly they've not played together on paper and you've lost and you've lost Tipperick who's a, you know who's a proven international level performer but it's it's more than that it's more than that to me like I say I, I've never seen Toby drift in and out of games as much as he has done this season uh, for Wales, and you know, like yeah, like you know, like I was saying that the whole the whole thing at the breakdown, not just not just us winning our own ball, but we we didn't threaten theirs, and not at all. I know a certain degree of that's to the referee, but the only time the, you know, the, I thought the best player at the breakdown was uh, was Lee Halfpenny. Lee you Halfpenny, know? yeah, he had a good game. Yeah. And that's a, that's a worry, isn't it? You know, as, as, as fantastic. Two weeks in a row, isn't it? Two weeks in a row, he's won, you know, he's won the only, <laughs> the only turnover penalties I can remember. And it's, uh, yeah, that, these are the things that, that worry me and, yeah, I don't well, know, that's, that's what leads me to think that it's, that it's the players are not, uh, I'm not confident in Pivac at the moment, and it's very early on in his tenure for that to for that to be the case. And it and it is um, it is worrying, and and it's going to have to be addressed quickly. And and they have to get. This is why I think perhaps to go back to the earlier question from Robert, you've you've got to get some results because I think as much as anything, you need the players to to buy into all of this. And and at the moment, I don't feel like they have. I don't think they have the confidence. That's the biggest problem for me. I, well, and I, well, I can't. I, you know, we don't know that, but. I'm just basing that on the things that I've that I've seen on the uh, that I've seen on the pitch. What did you take? What did you think of the the numbers we were we were committing or not committing? It felt like we got it wrong every time. I felt like we just we did not have a clear a clear game plan there as to as to when to go in. Um, I felt at times we were committing no one and letting them have quick ball. I felt at other times we were you know we were we were, we were all in causes in there and all in. And it was yeah. it was really frustrating, and they're the things you know you've got to get right at international level. You've got to be smart, and I think again, especially against Scotland, but where they've got those two those two terriers of flankers, you know, Jamie Ritchie, I think picked up man of the match, and uh, I mean he's just a bastard, isn't he? Like you imagine playing against him, he must be horrible. And um, yeah, he's a proper athlete, isn't he? And Watson and Watson as well. They're just you know they're so aggressive and. And they they cause so much problem. They're nuisance. They're complete nuisances. And they're uh, such they're such pests, aren't they? Yeah, and I and I don't feel like our but, but um, great. And I don't feel like our back row were were enough of a not just the back row. I don't feel like any of our players are enough of a nuisance to uh, to the Scottish uh, to the Scottish breakdown really. And and all you needed to do was watch the was watch the game the last game yesterday when you watch the France Ireland game both sides. You know, even even Ireland when they were when the game was getting away from them, God, the ball was so much quick, so much quicker than ours, and it just makes life so much easier for you. So, it's uh, yeah, th- these are the big big concerns, and um, and and they. Yeah, it was a, if we were playing with the medicine ball, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the, it was. The, the, it the, was. The, the way in which it was moving around or not moving around. I know. So slow. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, yeah, it, it, it did feel like that. We're gonna we're gonna finish then, Dan, uh, on uh, asking you kind of what changes you'd be looking to make. And we, you know, well, obviously we've got a week without international rugby uh, next week, so there is time for Wayne Pivot to kind of address these things. And, and he's got a lot of thinking to do with regards to selection. I've said I don't think selection is necessarily the be all and end all here, but we're gonna do it because it is a little bit of fun. What changes would you be looking to make to that? Yeah. It, it, yeah, I, I I think a few changes, but it, it isn't it isn't easy, is it? It's not like okay, mm-hmm. make make five or six changes and and everything's okay. No, we it looks to be bigger than that, doesn't it? Deeper rooted than that. But saying that, there are some changes I'd make. I think that uh, I think Reese Reese Carey, you know, they're they're a much improved front row, aren't they? They they've got some good scrummages now in that front row. But I thought we. I thought we creaked at times and, and I would, I'd make a change there. I'd bring in Win Jones mm. to, uh, to start. And I think having somebody like 
Carey coming off the bench would have more of an impact then. Mm-hmm. And but starting with a, a sort of a stronger scrummage, you know, stronger scrummage in loose head, or having um, Nicky Smith mm. coming off coming off the bench as well. Just looking at those looking at those turnovers, I thought Carey missed a, you know a couple of tackles as well. Yeah, he did key tackles, and that has that's not the first time that's happened. Uh, you know, you think under Gatland, you know, he, he doesn't stand for those sorts of things well, does he? And and there we are. I'm I'm talking about Gatland more than I'm talking about you know Pivak maybe, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is maybe half the problem. But I I would keep carrying the in the match day twenty three because I I bench do, him. I do, yeah, I'd bench him and just bring in Win Jones to try and shore up the scrum. I do think that Carrie is an X factor player who we need to give international experience to. I'm, I'm a bit sick of seeing Reese Carey not play that much rugby. You know, I, th- I, th- I think he should have been playing for Cardiff a lot more than, um, than he has done. And, you know, you, you just need him to get that in, international experience. Yeah. You need to scrum. There's no doubt that he would have learned a hell of a lot, wouldn't he, from playing that. And this, the, as a scrummager, you need to scrummage, don't you? You've got to, you've yeah, got to keep scrummaging. So and he didn't. He, he did. He did it right. I thought. You know. I'm, yeah, did. I'm not as. I, I'm more concerned about the about the missing tackles and yeah. Again, they're things that your defence coach has got to address as well. But um, yeah, I'm I'm more concerned about that than the overall long term health of his scrummaging. I think he'll be fine in that regard in the long run. Um, so yeah, I'd be tempted to go Win Jones, but leave Carry on the bench. What about Hooker? Yeah, Hooker. I would. I would bring in. Parry for the uh, you know for the for, for the next game or or, or D. Um, I think that Elias was was a, was a, was a nuisance around the park. So he did put in a shift. Sort of he hit uh, you know he hit a lot of sort of a lot of rucks, but it was a lot of I think quite a lot of it was almost sort of a little bit unnecessary. Really, mm. I, I, I'm not going to say sort of wasted energy, but it was. He was very visible, wasn't he? He was, you know, he was sort of around the park, but I don't know how much it was effective then. Yeah. And, okay, you can't comment on the line now because the wind was so bad and and they struggled as well. But the game before, it didn't, it really didn't work. So I think that I bring in Parry or, or, you know, or or D. The soft penalty for me was really annoying as well. In the first half, when uh, Watkin knocked the ball on, just, I know it's a split second decision, but don't play it. You can't, you can't get that wrong at international level. It's just a daft penalty to give away. And, uh, and there's those things. Yeah. Line out, obviously it's going to be a tough day for anyone in the line out, but it's, yeah, I did. I didn't think it was a, I didn't think it was particularly impressive performance and I wasn't impressed in the week before. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be looking to make a change there. Yeah, I just think you know, Abdi or 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 Parry come in, just really shore up that front row, mm. and and you know, let's get some let's get some aggression in there as well. Let's get some 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 niggle. You know, I want us to I want us to toughen up and harden up a bit and really front up and just become a bit nastier. Other changes in the pack. So second row, I'd go go again with the same. The same second row partnership. I I didn't think I was expecting more from Will Rowlands. To be honest, I'll be honest with you. Were you? It's. I didn't think he had a bad game. I didn't think he had a particularly good game. I'm a big fan of his. I think he offers he offers Wales a good ball carrying option, which we're, we're a bit light on. That's the other thing with Reese Carey. How often did he have the bloody ball in his hands? You know, like I know we were struggling. Can't remember him. Can we have him? him running at first phase, you know, a first receiver and trying to, and trying to actually gain us some, some yards. He's a wonderful ball carrier. I didn't feel like we used him. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, Roland's knocks the ball on, on a regulation ball coming towards him. because he's looking at a defender. These are just all things of players not playing with confidence, which, which worry me. But yeah, I'd, I'd either go to say, yeah, I'd probably go the same against Ireland. I think. Yeah. I think we can't, we, yeah, cause we can't, we can't make too many changes. Can we? we need to give them, we need to give them, uh, you know, time. A lot of these combinations have never played together, have they? So, yeah. it, the, the, him and him and Alan Wayne go again, and we know he's a quality player. Back row is difficult, isn't it? It's very, very difficult. I think Shane Lewis Hughes for me had a had a, a very solid game. I thought he 
Mm-hmm. He was very physical, put in a huge amount of tackles. And he led the tackle count. He actually, the most exciting part for me was that he got those two offloads in, which mm-hmm. I don't think, I can't remember anybody else making any offloads. He did. He made two. We just needed more people to do, to, to make them. Um, Falatau was, Falatau just doesn't seem at the races at the moment. He's, he's not, he's not playing well at all, is he? I don't know whether he's, it's difficult to see if he's, if he's having to sort of overcompensate for, for the balance not being right in the back row, whether he's just playing poorly himself. It just doesn't, he's just, at the moment, it's not working, is it, at all? And James Davis, I think, is a little hard done by a lot of people on his on his case at the moment. But you know, maybe it would have been different if he got those you know, if he got those turnovers. But there's going to have to be a change, isn't there, in that in that back row? I think you're just praying that Josh Navidi's fit, aren't you? Uh, you know, or yeah, Tippett Tippett might be back from tonsillitis. I don't know what the uh, kind of what the recovery time is for uh, for that. I had mine out when I was eight years old, so I don't know. Um, I I mean, I think he. I don't think Josh Navidi comes back and answers all of our problems. But if he is fit, then he has to play. And and you again, you start to worry the fact that he's not played. He's not played any rugby all season, and we're waiting for him to come in and play at international. That's that could be part of the the reason why we are. Well, it's one of the one of the reasons. Isn't there's new there's numerous issues here, but yeah, we are we're quite often relying on players to to come back into form and pick up form by by playing international rugby, aren't we? Uh, that, that, yeah. that's an interesting, that's an interesting, you know, interesting point, but yeah, I think that could, could Ollie, could Ollie Griffiths, um, well, you're the man to speak to about him. You know, could he, could he do anything different? Could he, he... is comfortably good enough to play international rugby. I, th- I think uh, he carries the ball well. He offers that in, that intensity and that aggressiveness you're talking about. You know, look back at last week's game against Ulster. He's one of the the few players to to do that within the Dragons pack. And I, yes, I say that, Jen. Yeah, I, know I, the, I worry. You know, I, I worry about his his long term fitness and just you know he's only come back and played two games and you and you're then going right go and play an international game against uh, against Ireland. Yeah, and I don't think it's, he is a quality player, isn't he? And I think he's quite often carried a Dragons pack at times then, isn't he? And played by just being, being head and shoulders above everybody else in a pack that has played quite poorly at times. Mm. I'm talking about, you know, historical now. Uh, so, you know, could he, come, could he come into the squad somewhere? It still doesn't answer every. You know, mm-hmm. these, these aren't solutions then. I think that we need to work with what we've got. Mm. But, you know, Sounds simple, doesn't it? But just play a lot better, you know. But it, it, part of it has to come to that, doesn't it? it it's yeah. the guys have just got to perform better that's, on that's the, what I mean, on the it, day. It's not just. And, it's not. A, it's not a question of oh, we got our selection wrong. It's a question. No, of it's not. Yeah. But what what yeah. about in the back stand? Would you be tempted to make any changes there? The backs, the backs, but the, they had such poor ball, didn't they? Uh, scrum half doesn't seem to be working for me at the moment. I I don't know. Again, I don't know what the answer is. Um, I thought some of Lloyd's passing worked well. Obviously, we kicked. You know, we kicked a lot of ball away again, didn't we? But I think we're going to have to we're going to have to keep the. I'd go with the same the same back line. I mean, you can't really we can't really tear into the backs too much, can we? With uh, with the the, the the poor quality ball mm. ball they had. I thought Owen Watkins defended. You know, defended fairly. You know, he did, but I didn't get that selection. It's okay, but I did not get that selection. I like him, but I just think you know. I know Tompkins didn't have the best game against France, and perhaps he picked up a knock. But surely Tompkins is more of a is more of a pivot style player. You know, if we're talking about this game plan that they want to play, and I just think giving him and him and John Fox time to gel rather than making a a knee jerk change in at twelve. I don't know. It was odd for me. I'd be I'd be picking Tompkins. Yeah, I, I mean, I do, I do like walking. I know he. Oh, I do, I do. He divides opinion, doesn't he? But I just, if the ball that we're going to be getting at the moment is going to be so, you know, so scrappy, so poor, quite often on the back step, then I think, I think Tom, 
Tomkins is quite difficult to read, isn't he? Because he, he'll beat the first or second man, but he, he quite often runs inside, he'll run outside. He's, he's, not, there, he's not direct, is he? And I just, I just wonder whether it could sort of further, further confuse us. But again, I, I don't have the answers. You know, it's, it's been a, it's been a difficult night on the pod, isn't it? Because, you know, we just, we just can't. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it, and that sort of sums up the whole, sums up the whole situation. I think we're going to have to stick with, pretty much stick with the back line, really, and. And just try and build build some performances, build some confidence, build some you know build some plays really, uh, and and go from there. But it's it's going to be a very very tough you know tough game again, isn't it? It is, and uh, yeah, fortunately we haven't got to, we haven't got to worry about it for next week. But uh, we will be back, of course, to chat to you next week. But before that, we're going to have a regional pod for you uh, in the, in the middle of the week as well. So make sure you stay subscribed. Hopefully, that one will be out on Wednesday. If you're not already subscribed to us uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, make sure you do that. That way, whenever we release a new episode, it'll be there in your uh, it'll be there on your mobile phone, ready for you to listen to. Uh, so yeah that's to come later on in the week uh, but a big thanks to Dan for joining us thank you Dan cheers Jed enjoyed it uh, a big thanks as always to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades if you want to get your hands on some great coffee then you can do that at socoffeetrades.co.uk hopefully we're going to be catching up with Scott uh, Scott Otten the Ospreys hooker who's, uh, who's currently in quarantine uh, but we're going to be trying to catch up with him uh, on the regional pod uh, to give you a bit of an update he's of course the yeah as well as being Osprey Hooker, he is the uh, the founder of our sponsor so coffee trade so it'd be good to catch up with scott on the pod and uh, yeah of course final thanks to you the listener we really appreciate you listening uh, throughout this period of time and hopefully uh yeah hopefully it, it can be a little bit cathartic listening to me and dan have a moan about it but uh, yeah thanks thanks for listening and uh, if you've enjoyed doing so please leave us a review on itunes apple podcasts or uh, yeah, just simply by telling your mates. But that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be speaking to you later in the week. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.